Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It is Black Hole Sundays. Stephen Langford, Joe Spadoni from 95.7 The Game. You know Spadone from working the board on Willard and Dibs and Stadia Guru as he's flexing his muscles. Uh, you know me from the morning show from 5 to 6. So we got a lot to get into here, Spadone. Uh, now, specifically, the offensive line, what we like, what we don't like. They've made the first round of roster cuts. There's one really surprising move, um, one that I think we, where we expected this guy to make the team uh, so far in, their first five round, in the first five picks of uh, – excuse me, the first five players to be cut from this team, one of them uh, a big surprise. So we'll get to that. Um, and then Stephen A., we play we you showed me this earlier this week, but we're gonna have to play the Stephen A clip of him talking about Derek Carr and him and Marcus Spears getting into an argument about it. Um, but first off, how you doing, man? Good, man. I'm just chilling. Got a long day today. So uh mm. yeah, just looking to uh dive into some Raiders, man. I'm excited. Couple weeks, Steve. Yes. Couple more weeks. Yes. I'm starting to get the feel for it too. I'm starting to get that itch. For the regular we got, a, we got the draft on Sunday, the station draft, man. That's when that's when you know it start once you start hitting your fantasy drafts, it starts becoming real. So oh. familiarizing with random obscure receivers. It's gonna be a deep league. I think what are we in a 14 team league again? Are we because I saw only eight teams on there at first? Oh no, so, yeah, they just haven't added the new people yet, but I know we got a bunch more. So you want to know something that's really awkward? What's up? Uh I don't know if you've gone on the the Yahoo page that we've done it on, but my team name is Shouldn't Have Traded Mac, and it's got a profile picture of John Gruden on it. Still accurate. It is still oh, yeah. accurate, but I got to get that, I got to get that guy off my profile picture. Um, you know, the question is who's going to be the first one to make an inappropriate team name based on Deshaun Watson? That's the question I'm wondering. I'll put my money on Craig Valentino for that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, the winner of it. Money was. is on Craig. Yeah, he uh, he had a pretty messed up one, and I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna reveal it because yeah, I don't want to smear Craig's character. <laughs> I love that guy, so I don't know. I don't want to do that. Um, oh God, they doesn't someone in our doesn't someone in our league have the green bubble in the group chat? Yes, I think it is Craig too. So there's that. Why <laughs> like? It's the worst having someone in the group chat with the green bubble. There's nothing worse than that during fantasy football season because there's always someone who is going to like or laugh at the tw- at the text. So you're going to see it repeated all over. I cannot be friends with someone with a green text. <laughs> no. I can be associates. I could work with them. I am mm-hmm. working with some of them, but I cannot mm-hmm. be your friend if you have a green text. Yep. Those are facts. Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
No, my brother has the my brother has the green bubble, and I'm like, it doesn't go as far as just us being family. It's like Vin Diesel family. Like but, when you just like comments in a thread, like we have twelve or thirteen people, and then you get twelve or thirteen people saying, "quote so and so liked that mm-hmm. message," and I keep receiving that. That's when you know it's bad. Yeah, can't have it. Can't yeah. do it. And we always got the classic. Uh, what do we get? The classic Damon Bruce team donkey going to take all or take over all of you this year. I don't think that dude's won once. Uh, Never. It's, 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 traded me. Uh, I traded him uh, Darren Waller for Dalvin Cook last year. That was nice. Darren Waller for Dalvin Cook. Straight up. Yeah. When Lucas tried to uh, X nay on it, but uh, it went through. When? Like what part of the year? Do you uh, remember? Before da- before Waller's injury. Oh, okay. Wow. But, uh, so you gotta, you gotta, it was you when it was when Derrick Henry had to get uh, season-ending surgery. That's okay. All right. Okay. Even though exactly. he came back, but you know what I mean. He had surgery. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Well done. I don't really trade too much within the league. I should, uh, but I'm not a big trade guy when it comes to uh, when it comes to football because I feel like I feel like nobody like if you're making the trade, it feels like you're trying to fleece the other individual. It never feels like it's going to shape out to be a fair trade. The person trying to trade for you, it feels like they're always trying to get you. It feels like they know something. That's my issue. Yeah, well, they're trying to get you, obviously, but that's up to the person that's receiving the trade to right. adjust it and be like, okay, you, clearly you want this person. Mm-hmm. Then that's when you find someone else that the person doesn't want to give up on the other team. It's like, how about this guy for this guy? So you got to right. negotiate, all right? right. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Normally, I just try and get screwed, though, or someone tries to screw me over. I always reject every single trade. I just so don't even bother trying to trade with me in fantasy football. Um, and uh, I'll try. You know what? And just uh, before we get to the Raiders and the Vikings and everything, um, as we go knee deep in the team, uh, my brother, I just tweeted this out: six leagues. Is that gross? Yes or no? I put up a poll, and uh, it's too many. And- and Nash replies to it. Nash, who used to work in 95.7, he replies to it uh, saying, hey, man, don't call out Lucas like that. But it wasn't Lucas who I was calling out. I was calling out my brother. My brother has six leagues. Six. Too many. You can't. I think, the most, I think the most that's acceptable is like three. Yes. So I put it into a couple of categories. You got a really a big high stakes one. That's fine mm-hmm. that you're going to do. A work-related one. And then you have like a, either your friends or something like that. Yeah. That's fine. That's the limit for me. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then you can, and then I don't count like daily fantasy, all that stuff. That's different. That's just Sundays you're playing. That's for fun. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. Uh, But I suck at daily fantasy, by the way, I never do well in those things. Really? My brother won a couple hundred thousand dollars on Yahoo from it last year. Damn. Yeah. They flew him out to like, uh, like Baltimore or something too, to like a big, yeah, I'm almost positive that I cost him like a million dollars though. Because he asked my opinion. He didn't he's not going to say this because ultimately he had the choice to do it. Mm-hmm. And why are you listening to your little brother who's only won like twice ever in fantasy? But he took and we'll get to the Raiders in a second, I promise, but it's yeah, just yeah. a funny story. Yeah. He's like should I it was it, it was a defense. It came down to defense. And I was like Oh yeah, you know, um it was the last, I think it was the last week. I was like, yeah, you know, take, take the chargers defense. You know, they're, they're playing the Texans. That's who it was. And they got destroyed. It was again, they got destroyed against Rex Burkhead and Davis mills in that game. I was like, Oh yeah, dude, you should totally take the chargers defense. And then he was thinking about taking the Raiders defense. I think it was against the Broncos and drew Locke in that game. And they had multiple turnovers and he would have won easily. And it was just, and he lost and oof, tough. 
That's- Don't listen to me for defensive streaming, Stephen. How about that? That's the moral of the story. Anyways. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of um, some good defense being played, that's what the Raiders showed out in their week two preseason game against the Minnesota Vikings. Now they won 26 to 20. Raiders currently undefeated in the preseason. We all know that that doesn't really matter. Um, but, you know, you're getting a healthy dose of Jared Stidham to start out. Then you got Nick Mullins and Chase Garbers uh, to close things out. Uh, Jared Stidham, 10 for 15, 68 yards. Nick Mullins, 7 for 9, 94 yards. Um, you know, overall, 160 yards passing on 27 attempts. So they're not exactly going for the deep ball every time. Uh, but that's on offense. And on the defensive side of the ball, um, you had, you know, a couple of players making waves, but you also have some concerns as well. So uh, from that week two of the preseason, what stood out to you against the Vikings from the Raiders? Uh, Thayer Munford starting. I mm. like that right tackle. That was interesting. I think he, yes. I thought he held his own for a little bit. Uh, another thing that stood out to me, Kenyon Drake getting a lot of playing time, yeah, which is very telling, I think. Mm-hmm. And from reports, it's not a lock that he makes the roster, which – I get it. It's like a new regime. Like they're not going to like, I don't care for 10 dollars. Like if you're going to give us a chance, the best chance to win, I'm going to keep you on the roster. I still think Kenyon Drake does that, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this running back room. Obviously Samir white and Josh Jacobs are locks. Like those guys are locks. But then after that, it's like mm, Bolden. Yeah. Yeah. Abdullah. What did Drake? I don't know. Like, so that, that was fascinating to me. Leatherwood, obviously just, he's just falling down the depth chart. It looks like, like he's playing a lot in like the third and fourth quarter. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like not, not a good sign. Let's just say that not a good sign. Uh, It's I find, I was talking about this with, with uh, Evan Giddings who produces Steiny and Guru 95, seven. You can hear him on the weekends with you sometimes, Steve. No, no, you don't do weekends. No, I haven't hosted a show with Evan before. Interesting. Mm. But he, I was talking about it with him. Like, Jared Stidham, I think, is going to most likely get the backer pro, but I'd rather have Nick Mullins. I feel more confident in Nick Mullins winning a game for me than Jared Stidham. It might sound crazy, and I know Jared Stidham is in here because he knows the Patriots offense the best. Yeah. Just knows his, knows his stuff, knows McDaniels, goes back all the way to New England, obviously, all that sort of stuff. But when Nick Mullins is in there, he – it's just gutsy, man. I like the guy. Like uh, maybe it's I'm biased because we've been watching him in the Bay Area for a few years. We have, he just he lit the Raiders up on Thursday Night Football. Damn near beat us last year, playing for the Browns in that weird COVID-stricken Thursday Night whatever. Not even that was like a Tuesday game, wasn't it? It was mm-hmm. random game ever I've ever seen. Raiders Browns on a Tuesday, and uh, Carlson field goal to win it, but. I like Nick Mullins as the backup option. Now, I don't know if, if McDaniels is like three quarterback kind of guy, like John Gruden. Right. Like, like clearly wasn't like it was Mariota and that was it kind of thing. Yeah. We paid him like and paid a premium at a backup quarterback position, which probably wasn't the wisest thing. Um, so I don't know what he'll do, but that's an interesting little thing just to keep an eye on. Cause Derek throughout his career has obviously stayed very healthy, rarely misses other than, breaking his leg and then for a couple of games with the groin injury that Mariota took over or just a game rather. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Interesting. Yeah. If they keep three quarterbacks, I'd be fascinating if they're going to take up a roster spot there. Um, I like Stidham. He's fine. You know, he, he, he showed some pretty impressive footwork. Actually, also mobility. I'll give him that. Like yeah. he's not afraid to run it in, which I think something that Derek can get better at and actually has re- in like last year or two under Gruden. 
I'll give him credit for that. He's not afraid to run for a first down occasionally. He's not as fast as he used to be, but he's still got some speed, man. He's not he's slow. Good. Right. No, I agree. I, I, he can, I, he can extend plays every now and then, um, you know, three quarterbacks. I think that's actually going to be something interesting to keep an eye out for, especially when you're heading, heading to this third game. Uh, but you kind of took the words right out of my mouth with the thing that stood out to me um, was we said it on the podcast prior to the game, but we're not worried about Josh Jacobs and, you know, him possibly not playing Kenyon Drake getting as much playing time as he was getting in this preseason. I think I really think his uh, role on the team is up in question. Didn't see as much Zamir White as we wanted to. Uh, Britton Brown, the seventh-round pick, he led the team in carries. Britton Brown looked okay. Um, but to me also, a guy who really stood out was the guy who Nick Mullins threw the touchdown to, and that was DJ Turner. He was making plays in this game. He's only 5'9". Um, I think they picked him up as a free agent, an undrafted free agent or something like that, or he was an undrafted free agent his first year. Um, but this guy, Turner, he was showing out. I was really impressed with what he was doing. He was making plays out there, DJ Turner. Um, but the next guy up, two receptions for 28 yards, Demarcus Robinson, and that led to the first round of cuts um, because Demarcus Robinson is the big-name player that's among those list of cuts. Now, from to get it from 90 to 85, Tyron Wheatley Jr., the offensive lineman. Shout out to Tyron Wheatley. Uh, defensive tackle Vernon Butler not making the team. Jerry Green and Nate Brooks, all those guys are off. Um, I thought Robinson was going to make the team, but it looks like Matt Collins, Keelan Cole, and Tyron Johnson uh, are those guys right now. And then DJ Turner still fighting for a spot. So, you know, if they don't keep – if they don't keep uh, – if they don't keep the three quarterbacks – and you have room maybe to keep four running backs and then six wide receivers. Um, we'll see. We'll see if they could do that. But DJ Turner, man, I'm I'm I was impressed with how he showed out. Fast. He's very fast. Like that's just an element like you can't deny. Like just the speed when he caught that ball and it was like an over the shoulder. I was like, okay, I'll probably get tackled down. He just blew past everyone just for that touchdown. That was pretty sweet to see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, because I. It's starting to feel like Matt Collins is that guy that's like for sure has a spot. Yeah. Like it's starting to feel like he's probably going to be that third wide receiver. You got Devontae Renfro, obviously, and then Matt Collins, and then we'll see what happens after there. But I like a guy like DJ Turner. Let's see him like in special teams. Like just let, let's see him. Like that's what you want. Like the Darren Sproles type. It's not as short as Darren Sproles, but like, you know what I'm talking about. Just kick return. Stuff like that, you know, maybe gets to like just play some time in special teams. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like this guy's we're gonna feature him in our offense immediately and just pick and choose the spots and it could work. Jacoby Ford, <laughs> one of those guys oh, like Jacoby Ford. Track legend. Jacoby ah, Ford. Miss him, number twelve. Uh, but you mentioned the offensive line too. Alex Leatherwood not getting in till the second half. Yeah, that's alarming. They they don't they clearly don't like Leatherwood. Um, they like their veterans, they brought their guys. And uh, Jared Illuminor and Thayer Munford were the two guys that were getting the starts on the outside. Jared Illuminor. Jermaine, excuse me. I always keep calling him Jared. Um, he, was, he went to Jared. <laughs> he was filling in at the left side. I don't know. Maybe I got Jared Valdir in my head. Um, but oh. uh, he started at left tackle. Thayer Munford started at right tackle. Uh, and it looks like they're getting a majority of the snaps. And Jared Illuminor. I don't know if he's going to be getting the starting right tackle job. Um, Munford, that might be his job to lose, the seventh rounder. I think he's beat out Brandon Parker for that gig. 
today he ended up getting hurt. Um, so we're going to wait to see that. Uh, Munford did. He got hurt at practice, and Leatherwood had to come in for the rest of the game. So we're still waiting for uh, some sort of uh, diagnosis on that. But I got to play something for you because Jermaine Illuminor has had a very interesting career. Um, he was with the Patriots. That's why uh, That's why the, uh, the McDaniels and Ziegler duo, they know who he is. He played with the Patriots back in 2019. He was with the Ravens as a third-round pick. He basically said that with the Ravens, he had his job. It was his to lose, and then uh, he ended up getting released. Uh, but he's gone through a lot of times, a lot of turbulent times in his career. And I got to play this sound for you, man, because about besides, you know, Derek Carr going at Paul Gutierrez, this was about as interesting of a sound clip as I've heard, as honest of a sound clip uh, that I've heard. And I'm going to open up the page here. But Jared Jermaine, damn it, Illuminor. You'll get there. The main show. Oh, Jay. About the mindset this offseason, Jermaine Illuminor. The clean slate was especially good for me because I felt like the last five years of my career, I kind of just wasn't as serious as I should have been, whether it was nutrition, weight, mentality, like I wasn't all in. And, you know, Josh coming knowing who I was and who I am, um, is, I benefited a lot from that, you know, just being able to recreate myself this year, recreate the type of player I am and person I am has been really good for me. And then to have him and Dave here and just, you know, just show me how confident they are in me and what I can do and just keep pushing me forward has been really dope. <laughs> really dope. I love how he ended that. But the thing is, man, Illuminor, he went on in a, a lot of his press conference was talking about how he was overweight, wasn't taking things too seriously. So he's looking at this season as a reclamation project. And I think this dude, he might have that swing tackle role locked up if Leatherwood can't get going. No, absolutely. And I was just looking at like his career and it's fascinating. Like, Scott was born in London to a Nigerian father and mother, and he was a rugby and cricket player. Shout out cricket. <laughs> and he became interested in a 2007 Miami Dolphins, New York Giants game at Wembley Stadium in London. That's where Man U plays, right, Steve? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, man, that's that's pretty cool. Like, you'd think like the it's just like a gimmick when the NFL goes over to London. They've been doing it for years now. It's like how many like of those people are actually interested in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Steadily, it's I think it's become kind of legit over there. Now it's never going to be soccer. It's never going to be like their version of football, obviously, but if they yeah. can just carve out their own niche, like that's awesome. Like that, a guy like a Luminor, like watched it. It's like, Hey, like I can do that. I'm six foot, whatever, 200 pounds. Like rugby's fun, but Hey, look at these guys. So like, that's a really cool story. And I think it's an important part. What he was talking about there and something that's important that we've talked about in the past is this culture that the Raiders are building in their, cl- um, their locker room. Like you see guys like Darren Waller, you see guys like Max Crosby, their sobriety, what it means to them, what it means to put in the work physically. Like you hear like no one dominates practice like Max Crosby. You're seeing reports today like this guy, like watch out this year, just zero to a hundred, the entire, like the entire practice. And that, that honestly, it benefits the other players because it puts them in a position where if you're not putting forth that kind of effort it's you're going to notice it you're going to notice when a guy isn't putting effort like a max crosby or a darren waller who was back in practice not today it's back yesterday but maybe Mm. we'll get to that a little later oh yeah but but it's but it's it could be motivating i think when you see another guy you know shed some weight get more cut go all pro like a max crosby like hey 
if he can do it, why can't I do it? So like, I think that's a very inspirational and underrated part is the camaraderie of this Raiders team. And I'm excited about the future. Like if you guys have, and you've locked up a guy like a Max Crosby, you know, the leader Derek Carr is Darren Waller. If you can lock him up again, hopefully like these are really like, I, I think I can confidently say this. Like this is one of the tightest clubhouses I keep saying clubhouse shout out baseball locker rooms in football just off what they went through last year with Gruden and rugs and everything else. Like it, I think it's just really credit to this locker room. I'm sorry. I'm kind of yeah. rambling here, but it's just, I think it's very impressive just the culture that they're creating and yeah. hopefully McDaniels and Ziegler are noticing it and could add on to it. Yeah. Something where your coach is like, it's just, they seem to have a direction that they're moving and I like it. And they're going with their former players. Like Alex Leatherwood was a Gruden guy and McDaniels is saying, look, we're giving him a chance just because he's a first round pick, but Leatherwood's just not cutting it. He's not going to be good enough. He's going to be too busy posting memes. I like this dude, Illuminor, who's trying to get his career back on track. It feels like Leatherwood is at the stage in his career, kind of like where Illuminor was in his first year with the Patriots, where it's, going on his second year and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do in this league. Uh, now he is from England, as you mentioned. Um, and Jakob Johnson, the fullback from the Patriots, he played in the German football league. Uh, yeah, in, yeah dude. The Bundesliga. No, 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 no. I don't know what it's called. It's literally called the GFL, the German football league. And oh. he played for the Stuttgart Stor- Scorpions. Hmm. When he graduated from Tennessee. So he was in Germany Wait, so let me, yeah, he was born in Germany, went to high school in Jacksonville, went to Tennessee, was undrafted in 2018, went back to Germany to play in the German Football League, and then he played for the Patriots uh, for a couple of years as the fullback. Uh, but Jermaine Illuminor can also play fullback, so um, you know what? Maybe you're not going to have to sign two fullbacks to the team and take up any of the roster spots with the backfield, and you can open one up. Illuminor might be the backup fullback too, but here's some funny sound. Him at the press conference talking about this little battle he's got going on with Jakob Johnson just because of where they're from. Jakob is jealous that I'm from the great country of England, and he is from the second or third best, actually probably third best country of Germany, saying that because I'm on camera. It's, you know, never I've never been there, but I think he always wanted to be English. And so, you know, I don't know what the E in Germany or schnitzel Schnitzel, like fried chicken, like, like a schnitzel, and what do they call wieners over there? Wiener, like I don't even know. Like, and the beer isn't, you know, beer's better in England. You know? He said he loves English food. He just didn't want to admit it. I think Yawk has the worst taste in everything. Everything, you know, TV, food, clothes, shoes. <laughs> Hair. I mean, honestly, his hair was, you know, no, don't even get me started on his hair in New England. That was just, damn. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's just jealous I'm from England and he's not, and I have a cool accent and he doesn't, you know. So, I don't know, you know, you kind of make, you know, not everyone likes you. Sometimes you got to roll with it. And, you know, yuck is yuck. There's a lot to unpack there. So, first off, I think he's sleeping on German beer. Yeah, disrespecting a little bit. Schnitzel, delicious, by the way. Mm-hmm. This is basically just pounded chicken breast, battered and fried. Yes, this is a thin fried chicken, delicious. Mm-hmm. He can't talk about hair. He is bald. He has no right to talk about hair. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm taking sides. I'm just calling it like I see it. Right. Uh, never been to Germany. I have been to England. 
loved it loved london uh i can't hear an accent really can you hear one i heard one your right parents are both from england so maybe you have a better ear for it no, i can't it, really hear the english accent i didn't hear it until the very end you'll hear a little bit of english twang right at the very end here jealous i'm from england and he's not and i have a cool accent and he doesn't you know so, <laughs> i don't know you know you kind of make you know not everyone likes you sometimes you gotta roll with it and you go a roll with you it. Go, uh, yeah, I heard a little bit. You go, uh, you go a roll with it. He didn't have much of an accent. <laughs> yeah, so it was like a Liverpool. Like, I don't know where he was from. Yeah. No, he's from, uh, looks like he was just born in London. Yeah. I don't know. He, Isn't there like all these different dialects in London? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. No, like the biggest city ever, apparently, because they have all these different sports teams that have different accents. Chelsea or Arsenal's, Man City, Man U. I don't know. You are. <laughs> no, you're completely right. You're you're completely right because you. Sussex. The way that. <laughs> The, the, the crazy part is when you're here in America, you travel, you know, five hours to Texas. And that's when you start to get a little change in the dialect. Right. You chat. Then you go all the way to the East Coast. Then that's when you hear, start to hear a change in the dialect, too. You have a little bit of an English act or a change in the accent there. But in England, it's uh, the way that my dad used to put it was you could drive 20 minutes up the street and someone would be talking different, you know? So <laughs> it changes with every little area. Uh, but you know, that accent is gone though. That's the thing. The accent's gone. Like he doesn't have it. Well, it's he like, moved. Yeah. He, he moved. I saw he moved to America when he's like 14. So like at right. that point, if you, yeah, he's already 29 or 28 or whatever. So. Yeah. And also knowing just English people and how they are, I have a feeling that he knows that German beer is better than English beer. I have a feeling he knows that, German food is better than German food. Like I have a feeling that he knows that and it's just kind of, you know, a little tongue in cheek right there, but I love it. I love it. I love that they made this addition. I think English food slept on Steve though. I think it is. I think there's like a, there's a notion that it's just fish and chips, mushy peas, <laughs> you know, like baked pies, all delicious by the way. I love all that stuff, but they got a rich infusion of Indian cuisine that is fully morphed with English food. Mm-hmm. That it's it's really like dude the tea, like people say the tikka masala is almost like the national dish of like yeah. England these days it's like that and fish and chips mm-hmm. so don't don't sleep people don't sleep on this people think of England they think of crusty white people and no spice yes no spice in England all right and it's not all a bunch of white people very diverse I appreciate it's New York, it's New I, York City dude that's that's what it is it's like it's a melting pot I appreciate that thank you you know why you know what London is. London is a place for people all around Europe and everywhere outside of the United States. They want to get a restaurant going, so they bring it to England. Like I had amazing Turkish food there. I've had amazing Vietnamese food there. I've had amazing dumplings there. I've had amazing all types of food from different types of places. They go to London because it's like it's just so big um, and you can actually get something started there. What they don't have is good barbecue there. Someone needs to bring some good American barbecue over across the pond and put that on display. You know what, man? I know this is a Raider podcast, but now you're sparking something. (laughs) I just saw this. So this was some stupid website. I think it's called Clever Real Estate or something. And they were talking about the best barbecue in the United States. You know who they had ranked third? California? San Jose. California. That's interesting. They were ranking the best cities. So actually tomorrow we're recording this on Thursday. Tomorrow I'm going to this barbecue spot out here in San Jose, which is supposedly the best in town because I saw this and I'm like, that blew my mind. I don't believe it. 
I don't believe it. What is it talking about the vast number? Is there a lot of barbecue spots? Well, San Jose is a big place. The only thing I th the only time I think about barbecue in California is like tri-tip. Like that's what we do, right? Tri-tip mm -hmm. sandwiches, stuff like that on the grill. Like that's what I think about when I think of California barbecue. When I think of Texas, you think of brisket. Uh, when you think of Carolinas, you think of like the whole hog kind of barbecue. St. Right. Kansas City, you think of all like steak, all this sort of stuff. So interesting. Think, yeah, man. Like over over Kansas City, over Memphis, San Antonio and Austin were the first two. And then huh. San Jose, the third best, according to something called Clever Real Estate, whatever that yeah. is. Bay Area is just the best, man. What can you say? <laughs> what you, we got everything. We got the best Mexican food. We got the best barbecue. Mm. I'll put our Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese, Indian food. I'll get Bay's got it all, man. It does. It I does. agree. Uh, but you mentioned this kind of as a passing comment, but Darren Waller. Back to sports. Finally is back. <laughs> finally is back to training camp. So any worry that we had about this season, he's back there. Don't want to play. Don't want to play him in any preseason games. I actually got to see when is the next Raiders joint practice. I wonder if he's going to participate in that. That's uh, next week with the Pats. Okay. Oh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. get well, it's interesting because Patriots were just doing joint practice all week with the Panthers. Multiple multiple fights occurring there. I would be shocked to see that continue next week, but you never know. Joint practices are feisty. Yes. But Belichick, McDaniels, they're pretty tight. Another underrated part about this Raiders team I think we're seeing is just how disciplined they are. Like, mm. it, sure, it's preseason, but not a lot of penalties. And what you're from hearing from a lot of the beat reporter guys is that this, do this does look like a very tight-knit, buttoned-up, popped-collar mm. team that we're not used to. Like, the last 20 years of the Raiders, you're used to dumb penalties costing us games. Shout out Arden Key against the Dolphins a couple of years ago. Ugh, nonstop. Yeah, they had four compared to the Vikings eight in this in this week two and four. That's a fantastic number. If you can hover anywhere around three to four penalties, then you're good. We're used to that being on the flip. Normally, it'd be the Raiders getting eight and the team like whoever's on the opposition getting four. Uh, so that's a good point. But Darren Roll Darren Waller's back. Uh, Jonathan Hankins and Bilal Nichols they are back at practice. Divine Diablo's back at practice. Trayvon Mullen and Rock Yasin, who had an undisclosed injury, those guys are back at practice. And you're seeing these reports uh, out of practice. You mentioned that Max Crosby is uh, is just taking a lot of the shine, as he should. I can't wait to watch Crosby this season. Um, go watch his mic'd up if you haven't. But, dude, this, this cornerback, this secondary group, like this cornerback group specifically – Man, I'm feeling pretty damn good about it this year. If Trayvon Mullen is the same type of Trayvon Mullen that we see, Nate Hobbs is the other guy who has just made waves consistently in practice. Derek Carr threw his first interception today. Yeah. Pick six, the, apparently, yeah. The entire training camp. And so I ask you this. Do you remember the last time that the Raiders actually had a pick six? Ooh, I might know. Was it... Gary and Conley against the Colts a couple years ago. No, it wasn't. Not Gary. Okay, so it was, so, so another, prior to this, so it was after that. No, it was it was the Colts. You got the team right, and you actually oh, got wasn't your, oh oh no Eric Harris. You are correct. There you go, Eric Harris in 2019 against Jacoby Brissett, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. That was the last time that the Raiders actually had a pick six. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Didn't he follow that up with another interception? We were I think all he did. Yeah. yeah, we were all high on Eric Harris that year. 
Um, um, <laughs> he, he, would make, he would make plays occasionally, but get burnt most of the time. But you don't see that too often. But if you have Rock Yassin and Nate Hobbs, Trayvon Mullen, and then, uh, oh, God, who's the other one whose name? Deron Harmon? Who's escaping me right now. No, 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 not, not Deron Harmon. Um, oh, well, Harmon's the guy. Don't sleep on him. He gets a lot of picks. Like, mm. and you know what they nickname him in, in uh, New England was the closer because he'd have a lot of game ceiling picks a lot. Ooh. Don't sleep on him. Don't Ooh. sleep on him, all right? I like that. Nick, nickname, by the way, for a guy, for a secondary player. The uh, Oh, the other guy I was thinking of was uh, – Anthony, not Damon Arnett, Averett. Averett. He came, he came back to practice, yeah. Yes, so you got four pretty solid corners, and if Nate Hobbs is moving into the slot and you got Rock Yassin on the outside, dude, you dude, got Nate Hobbs a corner. Apparently, just Nate Hobbs can go anywhere. He's just a defensive player now. Like, he can go everywhere. Might line him up in uh, defensive tackle. He's just been balling so much. Yeah. Patrick <laughs> Graham must love him. Really I'm him. so excited to see just a not stale vanilla defense and all these different four, three, three, four fronts, all these different schemes. Mm-hmm. Very excited to see what happens this year. Yes. Um, but uh, continuing on though, it also Bilal Nichols uh, coming back. We saw, you know, who stuck out in that preseason game too. Uh, and he made a couple of plays. I'm going to decline that. He oh. made a couple of plays was uh, Billings, number 97. Yeah. who's listed as the number one starter. You've got to take the unofficial depth chart with a grain of salt. Uh, but Billings, man, he was making a couple of plays in there up the middle. He was. No, and that was an area of concern for us, obviously. Helps that Nichols is back, Hankins. Um, so we'll see. Like, that's a huge part is getting that initial push because then it allows – that off the offense you're playing against, they have to worry about Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, as it is. If you get that interior push, changes everything. And that's the one thing the Raiders were getting gashed at last year was that running defense. Ugh. Just horrible. Yeah. And it was happening. I mean, it was not all your stars, obviously. It was happening against the Vikings. Like there was pops and chunks at, at a time when God, Kellen Mond, by the way, stinks. Yeah. Let me just say that real good. quick. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. If they're if they're playing real bad. If they're planning on doing anything with Kellamon, I, I don't know. I, I remember, I remember Mike Zimmer. We played a cut on uh, Willard and Tibbs. We have him still. I think they asked Mike Zimmer like in the last, like when it was clear the Vikings weren't making the playoffs. It was like the last two games of the season. He's like, so um, we'll report us. You want to see Kellamon at all? And then he just says, not particularly. And he's like, why? I see him every day. <laughs> <laughs> that is not like a ringing endorsement. I don't know what it's like. Yeah, I see him every play, every single day. We're not going to play him. <laughs> yes. Yikes. Yes. The only person that has about him is Jordan Love and Green Bay, by the way. My lord. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. That Packers, means- Packers are screwed. Yes. Like the NFC knows it too and is cashing out. I wish the Raiders were in the NFC, man. If they were in the NFC, I'd consider Oh, they'd them- be a playoff lock. They'd be absolutely a- they would be a playoff lock, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Uh, um Oh God. And, and I'm just like, I'm thinking back to now. I'm just thinking about this preseason game and the things that frustrated me. Um, yeah. On defense, it, it wasn't pretty during the run game, but like Amick Robertson, he didn't look good. Uh, Amick Robertson no. was giving up play after play. He didn't look good. He hasn't looked good in like in anything, like from yeah. what I've seen. So yeah, that those secondary picks from Mayock and co and Gruden, it's been very interesting. Hobbs is a hit. I think Mullen's a hit, but he hasn't really stayed healthy. Consistent. Well, actually, that's not true. It was mostly just last year he wasn't healthy. Um, prior to that, he, I think he played most of the time. Um, Damon Arnett was a bust. 
Yeah. Jonathan Abram, ugh, this is a make or break year for him. Mm-hmm. Gillespie, we just traded away. Never really got to see what that guy can do. Right. And the Titans for a conditional 2024 seven. Any, yeah. You, a fourth round pick a year later, he's a 2027, 2024 conditional seventh round pick. That's mm-hmm. not a ring endorsement. So, yeah. Tanner Muse, that was another one, right? That was that was going to be like a poor man's Isaiah Simmons, they said. Got that wow. one. I never even got to say him play. Um, I'm missing someone here, aren't I? Another secondary player that we cut early? Maybe. Uh, uh, oh, God, I can't remember. There's, there's a lot too, of them. Anyways. There's, there's too many to name. There's, there's so many, I can't even give an exact name. So, <laughs> yeah, there's – I'm I'm actually optimistic for once about this Raider second day for the first time in a while. First time since man, back in the awesome days when you actually just had a good good defense. Hmm. So, um, do you think uh, do you think they need to make any additions along the offensive line though as we move to that because um, the offensive line too, the interior at least they were getting beat. Um, so maybe on the outside we're no longer looking at Daryl Williams as the right tackle that they should sign. Maybe Munford and uh, and or whatever Munson and um, and Illuminor can take over there along with Colton Miller. I mean, is there any addition you want them to make on the inside, or do we just get to stick with what they got? I, the interior line, I'm not as worried about. It's more that right tackle spot, and we'll see yeah. if Mayor Munford continues to look solid. Like that would be huge, obviously, having a rookie step in like that and be serviceable. Um, but other than that, I'm fine with Lester Cotton, Andre James. John Simpson, like I, I feel confident in that group. Um, James is still a little shaky on him, but you got Parham uh, as a backup for the guard position. If James goes down, then it gets a little dicey, though. Obviously, yeah. you never want your center to go down. He's just a huge part of the offensive line. He is the offensive line's pr- play caller, pretty much. So, other than that, you know, I'm not, I'm not too concerned. And it was just funny to say because I feel like a couple weeks ago the sky was falling, and it's like. Who's going to block Derek Carr? Right. I think the preseason games actually do kind of like, it's like, all right, calm down. Like these pockets aren't like people aren't Chase Garbers, Nick, Nick Mullins, and Jarrett aren't running for their lives constantly. It's going to be fine. And Colt Miller hasn't played at all. So we're fine. Um, you mentioned Derek Carr. And to close things out, we're going to play that Stephen A sound on Jer- Derek Carr. But real quick, um, for depth at Edge Rusher, they did sign. Jordan Jenkins. They released Kenny Young, the linebacker. It looks like uh, it's going to be Divine Diablo, um, and you're going to be seeing Denzel Perryman, obviously. It looks like it's those guys' jobs to lose. Um, you, I'm excited to see what they can do. But they picked up Jordan Jenkins, and I'm, in, I'm curious with this player, man. He's 6'3", 260. Uh, he's had 25 sacks in his career. He spent the first few seasons with the Jets, um, he had eight sacks in 2019, seven in 2018, um, along with the uh, along with the Jets, and then he had four and a half combined in 2020 and 2021. Um, so this is just a flyer. This is a low risk, kind of high reward type of move. So Jordan Jenkins now a Raider. See if he can make. The yeah, team. no, yeah. It's I I feel like yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's definitely low risk. Just injuries. I'm looking at his career. A lot of injuries, hamstring. He had a torn PCL in week 11 in 2021 when he was with the Texans. That obviously is brutal. So, hey, we'll see. You you can never have too much defensive line depth at all. Like, I think you've seen that throughout NFL history. If you can get to the quarterback, that changes everything. 
Yep. She saves your secondary, keeps you in games, gets you turnovers. And usually the best teams, and you saw with the Rams last year, Von Miller and Aaron Donald, those guys win you games, whether it's the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl. Yep. Starts up front. Starts up front. All right. Let's close things out. Let's let's just enjoy and bask in the glory that is first take. Now, I haven't really heard Stephen A. talk about Derek Carr too much, really ever. He doesn't talk about Derek Carr. He's... His football, no one really tunes into first take to listen to football. Like, no one really wants – like, people enjoy the basketball stuff. Unless he's making fun of the Cowboys. You know, unless he's making fun of the Cowboys. That's why they tune in. But they don't really tune in to hear takes on Derek Carr. And I've never heard him uh, talk about Derek Carr before. But here's Stephen A. on first take. This is from a couple of days ago uh, with uh, Marcus Spears. And they were asking if the Chiefs have the best offense in the AFC West. Then they went on to talk about Derek Carr. Now let me say this. Derek Carr. Marcus Spears' reactions to those were so funny. Just he's just like, what? Uh, hang on, can we can we just listen to the beginning one more time? Now let me say this. Derek Carr. <laughs> he I man. He I I mean no nobody disrespected him. We know he's not a scrub. He can play. Very, very good dude. Very, oh, very good, good dude. dude. That's the that's my that's my favorite very, part. very good dude. He wants to say he can play, but then he has it in his mind. Oh wait, let me let me at least get this out the way before I continue and ramble on. Good dude. I like he's who a, he is. He's a great person. guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but look, man. I, I then he says he's a very good quarterback. So I was like, okay, like I mean, I'm sorry. Yes. Nobody's acting like he's gunslinging all over the place. No. Okay, but he's fifth in yards in the league last year in 2021, which is good enough, I'd think. I mean, this dude, what were 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions? Of course, you'd want to improve on those. And if you look anywhere within the top 10 in yardage leaders, uh, the only ones who didn't throw uh, more than 25 touchdowns, excuse me, you go, you have to go all the way to Matt Ryan. But Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, Dak, Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Stafford, Herbert, Brady. All of those guys were are within the top 10 in yards, and they all had 30-plus touchdowns. I understand Derek Carr's not there. Um, I, don't know, I, I get where Stephen A is coming from, but 
dude, this is like the first real opportunity, I think, for Derek Carr to prove who he is as a quarterback now that he's been given a number one wide receiver. Because all those guys that they're talking about, man, I'm sorry I'm rambling, but the guys that they're talking about, like Mahomes, he had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, you know, uh, uh, Josh Allen. He has Stephon Diggs for the past couple of years, and he changed everything for him. Cole Beasley is one of the best slot receivers or had been one of the best slot receivers really prior to 2021. Um, he's always catching everything. Like all those guys have a top tier receiver. A majority of them do. Obviously, Rodgers has had Devontae Adams through his time. So I get that Derek Carr's okay, but man, now that you've given him a premium wide receiver, this is the time for him to prove himself. No, absolutely. I think the narrative has changed with Derek. Like, obviously, he had that MVP kind of year. Then he got the injury, and everyone thought just like, oh, he's one of the big things. And then he kind of fell off. Then right when he was starting falling off, Patrick Mahomes surpassed, like, the whole league. He rose up. So Derek Carr was an afterthought. The Raiders were a mess. John Gruden. Now that they made it last year, it's like, okay, cool. But the AFC West added Russell Wilson and you have Justin Herbert and obviously you have Patrick Mahomes who's still Patrick Mahomes, even without a Tyreek. So I get it. Like I get like, he's not those guys, but he like, we talked about it. Like he could absolutely have an MVP kind of year. Like that's not crazy. Like it's like, he has Devonte Adams. He has Hunter Renfro. He has Darren Waller. He has all of the, he has the Mike McDaniels offense at his disposal. Like how many, MVPs did Tom Brady win under Mike McDaniels? Like at least two that I could think of. Like has to be. I think he's won two. Yeah, 2007. Was he Broncos then? Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, Broncos 2009. Okay, Uh, yeah, so that's where he was. Okay, so it was prior to that, right? 2007, 2010, and 2017. So he's three of them. So yeah, so absolutely. So it's it could be done. I'm not saying Derek Carr's Tom Brady. Not saying that. But mm-hmm. the the Patriots offense wasn't always like, I'm just going to chuck it down the field. Like, it was, let's get our our receivers space. Let's get a running back space. Dump it off. Let them run. Just a little quick deke duck We're going to paper cut you to death. Four and five yard routes. Quick slants. All this sort of stuff. That wins. That could win MVPs. Like, and I'm not saying Derek Carr can't throw the deep ball. We obviously saw that he can last year. And when he had a speedster like Ruggs, you know, obviously what happened after that, but like he was getting him the ball early. Like that was looking like a really fun, explosive offense until the situation happened there. Car accident. We know what happened there, but now he's got Devonte. He's got his college teammate. Look at all those highlights at Fresno state, Steve. They're bombs every time. That's what I'm expecting this year. Bombs. Dude, I can't wait. I can't wait. I got one more thing though that I gotta that I gotta mention here, and this goes back to 2019. Does he have a vendetta against uh, Stephen A? Because I'm looking at this barstool article here. Hey, how do I challenge a couple of these clowns on TV to fight? <laughs> Talking about uh, Stephen A. and Max Kellerman. I think we should start a business together where pro athletes can challenge some of these people to an octagon fight until they give us an answer. You don't know I me. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what that was in reference to. I forgot what that's in reference to. Hmm. Oh, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he was talking about. But then they, uh, yeah, well, you know, back in 2019. Well, 2019, they were a dumpster fire, right? Yes, yes. that they were. That they were. Very easy to crap on them. But this year, I don't think it's going to be so easy. He's going to be a little more than just I. But he better uh, be. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's playing for $40 million. He has all the reason in the world to go off this year. 
Um, all right, but they got coming up. They got another preseason game. Jesus, just get us to the regular season, man. I'm tired of this. Everyone who would have their free, uh, their third preseason game already will be moving on to the regular season. Uh, but they got this preseason game against the Dolphins. Mike McDaniel, super eccentric. Can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see what he has to say. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll see what happens after that and uh, whether the running back position is solidified, the roster cuts down from 90 or from 85 to 80. And then after that, that's the big one when it goes from 80 to 53. So we'll do way more of a breakdown then. The ones who get cut now, they're ones who don't necessarily play uh, within the preseason. I think it says a lot. I'm going to wonder if Alex Leatherwood is going to make this 53-man roster. I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on uh, in the future. But anything else, Spadone? Just excited, man. Just yeah. another couple of weeks. But I'm more excited for the practices next week to see what that's going to look like. It's just McDaniels and Belichick back together again. It's always interesting. Like, <laughs> it's going to be really fascinating next year to see if the Raiders are really good and win the division. And if you start seeing the Patriots, maybe maybe they miss the playoffs. Not the craziest thing. Obviously, they're in the division with the Bills. And the Dolphins are a lot of people are liking their chances this year. That offense, even with Tua, McDaniel's, uh, so a little narrative action next week. Little storylines you might be able to talk to in the NFL season. McDaniel's versus McDaniel. Wow, what a matchup yep. in Week Three. Huge. All right, man. That's gonna do it for Black Hole Sundays. This was the. Uh, I believe this was the 58th episode, if I'm not mistaken. So we've gone through quite a few of these things, but we just can't wait for the regular season and actually have games to react to. All right, for Stephen Langford, Joe Spadoni, it's been Black Hole Sundays. Thanks so much, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.